With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, the good hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Lablotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's call it like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right member. He's not that Ripson. He's just fought. Stu Grimson. Oh my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Grimson. This is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Dana Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. He absolutely decked him tight with a wild right. A sheer stagger by a big left hand by Wade Beeler. Chris Nyland on a penalty shot. Scores! Bugard down the wing. Bugard bombs away. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 43 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who drop the gloves and, of course, the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. No guest on the show today, unfortunately. It's going to be kind of my back from hiatus episode and kind of explaining myself as to, uh, you know, why I haven't been doing any shows for the past two months. Literally, it's been almost, I think, two months to the day now. Uh, January 10th was my last release, and um, or excuse me, December 10th, actually, not January, December 10th, uh, right before the holidays there, and now it is currently February 9th, so uh, really, really consistent over here lately, right? <laughs> Fucking A. But um, no, if you listen to the Frank Little John episode, thank you. If this is your first time tuning into the show, thank you as well. Go back into the archives. I have plenty of um, wh- whatever league you prefer, I got it probably. Uh, LNH guys, NHL guys, SPHL, CHL, the Whipple, United League, uh, even over there in Europe, in the when it was the Super League or the um, the Elite League, as it's called now, um, you know the list goes on for for guys, and there's a flavor for everybody, right? Um, but no, you know, for those who are kind of you know consistent listeners, or you've listened to a lot of the episodes, and um, if you're sticking with the podcast, I've been asked a couple times, you know, when you're going to come out with an episode. Um, but basically what what had kind of what what had happened was right um no what happened was me and my uh well fiance at the time now wife uh we finally ended up getting married as you know i had covid at one point back in i think it was october and we got really worried and we, well i contracted covid at a wedding and it was me and I, on my own negligence there with kind of not wearing a mask at the wedding and everything like that i'm sure but my whole family got it and her whole family got it so, because uh, my our families are kind of um, the or excuse me the people who were getting married, uh, 
they're friends of both of our families. So we all just ended up taking a big old trip out to uh, North Carolina. It was actually pretty nice, uh, minus the COVID part. But that got us really kind of concerned because then we, we were really dwindling down our guest list at that point for our wedding. Um, we had this, we have a big venue booked and we really started dwindling it down and we felt bad, you know, we'd be paying all this money and trying to get everything together so last minute that it almost, it, it wouldn't be as fun. I feel like it wouldn't do like a, the justice for the venue, I guess you could say. Um, so we, we put everything on hold and had a very small, um, intimate wedding with kind of, I think we had a maximum of, I think we had 20 people and it was all just close friends and family. Uh, I think just a couple, my two best friends and then, um, our family and my grandparents came down. Uh, they almost didn't even come down, but they come down from Iowa every other year. We'll go up there next year. Um, as of course that's where I'm from. And I'm sure if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that, but we finally ended up getting married and it was awesome and everything went fine. And so I kind of took a break for a little bit and wanted to get every, everything squared away with the wedding that we had and, uh, kind of focus on that. Cause we were really concerned about it and pleasing everybody and wanted to go about it in, in our own way of doing it. So, um, you know, I, I know all this is kind of just filler and bullshit. <laughs> what does this have to do with the hockey podcast? Right. Um, well, you know, it's, this isn't my job, right? So, I I don't I wanted to not feel obligated to kind of do a podcast during that time and I don't mean to say that in like a shitty or like self-centered way or anything like that it was just I had a lot on my plate and we were trying to in, in the process of buying a house but unfortunately that fell through as well so um looks like we're going to be staying in the apartment for a little longer which is you know perfectly fine by me um so just a lot of stuff going on and I I wanted to take a break and now I think I'm finally ready to get back into podcasting um I, I, funny enough, I have an interview recorded. I have got one in the in the um, vault here with uh, John Hewitt, and that'll be coming out. I think I might release it either uh, this Thursday or possibly next Tuesday. If I had to take a wild guess, probably next Tuesday. As I got I got a beer league game on Wednesday, so I'll probably take a nap for that. Yeah, <laughs> got to get ready to uh, go bend my ankles late night. Um, but so that that's a great episode, and I apologize to Johnny. You know, this episode I've had recorded for quite some time, at least over a month. Um, so I apologize to him, and I, you know, him and I have talked privately, and uh, he's been awesome about it. And another kind of thing was, I, I don't know, my heart just wasn't in podcasting for a little bit as of late. I don't know why. I've just kind of been in a funk, but I think I'm finally ready to get back into it. Like I said, for whatever reason, I just didn't. I just didn't feel like podcasting. I don't know. It's like a stressor you feel I guess pressure to kind of be consistent and everything like that and it was kind of nice just not doing it for a while but now uh, I really got the itch to do it again and the the two-month break was nice but I'm definitely ready to get back into it and uh, seeing everything on Twitter and the hockey fight fan community I guess um, kind of keeps me going a little bit as far as the podcast goes and you know Darren over at fourth line voice Joe at the Coliseum Chronicles which by the way go check those two podcasts out those are to, well, I wouldn't say upstanding gentlemen. They're questionable characters, to say the least. But they do have good podcasts. <laughs> um, but no, so you know, Darren especially has been really supportive. Uh, he kind of, you know, all of us kind of talk back and forth from time to time uh, about gripes with podcasting. Because, like I said, this isn't my job and this isn't their job either. We kind of just do this for our own leisure, and um, it could be aggravating at times, to say the least, right? But. Um, no, so they've been really cool and I uh, appreciate the, the support and from other people who have, you know, given support, um, one second here. 
my voice is or my throat is really scratchy. Um, as you know, the Bucks won the Super Bowl this Sunday, so I was going ape shit and had way too much alcohol, and I had no voice for the past two and a half days. <laughs> so I'm just just started getting it back today. Um, but no, that was pretty cool to see Tampa going crazy like that for the Bucks. Um, but no, anyways. Like I said, I, I appreciate those who kind of took the time to reach out to me and asking, oh, are you good or whatever. So, um, no, yeah, I've been good. Like I said, just a personal personal break and hiatus, I guess. But we do have a couple topics to talk about here. Um, the biggest one, I think we'll, we'll get it off the, off the bat, is Wayne Simmons has been killing it as of lately as far as, you know, putting up the points. And he had a really good fight the other night with it was – Jordy Ben, sorry, I apologize. Some of the, if I bring up a fight, I might not know the name of the other guy. I do apologize. I should probably know, but I'm almost positive it was Jordy Ben, um, in Vancouver. And Wayne has kind of seen he's he seemed to find a, a a second gear, a second wind with Toronto, which is pretty cool to see. It's it's sad when a lot of people will sit there and shit on a guy like Wayne Simmons, but once he's finally if you let him do his job and give him minutes, you can see what he does and what he brings to the table for the team. And I've always been a big Wayne Simmons fan. Um, excuse me. So he, but he had a really good fight. The, the might've been last week, late last week. Uh, like I said, against Jordy Ben and I had posted a, a video of it or, you know, retweeted the, whoever posted the video, but retweeted it. And it made me laugh. You see him and the, the his style in that fight, it was like a hybrid of Tony twist and Rick Rippin. Um, Obviously, no, he's not as big as Tony Twist, but his his style that he had going into that fight, he had that right hand and he just threw it from like a city away at Jordy Ben going over the top with it. And then he ended up throwing up the the old like Rick Rippin style elbows where uh, the dodge. So he throws up his arm. So when a guy's kind of going to punch him, he's hitting his arm. And uh, Wayne did that a couple times and switched to the left and got it going again. So it was actually pretty cool to see. And um, I think... Uh, you know, Toronto fans, I'll be honest. I, I, the Toronto fans I've interacted with as far as the fight fans go are awesome, but goddamn, I cannot stand Toronto fans. Um, they're all the analytic kind of nerds and, you know, there's nothing wrong with analytics, but to look at that, like it's the Bible, uh, the eye test can do wonders. Believe me. Um, so it's kind of cool to see them finally embracing Wayne Simmons and seeing what he brings to the table, actually. Um, you know, of course, if he doesn't put up a point in you know four games, they're just going to start calling for to get ben- or calling for him to get benched and whatever because that's just how Toronto fans are. Um, well, I shouldn't just say just Toronto fans. Toronto fans, I just kind of noticed the most for whatever reason they're all in my timeline on Twitter. Um, kind of any fans now that are kind of the newer age ones that have gotten into the game of hockey within the past five years, they're like that. But um, it looks like Wayne Simmons has kind of found a like I said a second wind or another gear and. Brought brought some fighting to the table. I think he had the first fight for the Leafs all year, um, or it may have been it may have been not Clifford Muzzin, um, but I'm pretty sure it was Wayne Simmons. But either way, and he had a, a sweet goal the other night too. He actually roofed the hell out of it. He stopped in front of the net, looked for a pass, wasn't open, and then just roofed it. He was probably you know five foot away from it, and that was that was pretty sick. I can't lie. Um, and we appreciate goals here, especially when the tough guys score. I'll always, I'll always pump the boys' tires, especially like Tom Wilson. He's been actually doing pretty good. I think he's got like 12 points. Um, so I always pump the guys' tires here. But one thing that's kind of funny about the Wayne Simmons fight that I, I noticed is, you know, people say fighting's bad for hockey and whatever, and we'll get into that with Ken Campbell. That's a whole other topic that I have actually marked down here that we'll get in later on. But, 
you see people talk about how bad fighting is for hockey and what have you. For whatever reason, the first fight like that, where they're actually that was that was probably the best fight of the year so far from the highlights I've seen of all. Because I don't watch today's game as many of you who listen know. I catch the occasional lightning game. Like I think me and the wife are going to watch the one tonight. Um, if it's on NBC Sports, I'll watch. We don't have the Sun Sports anymore. The Fox Sports has been getting dropped by a bunch of streaming services, and um, so I watch the one-off Lightning game. I'm not racing home to sit there and oh my god, drop everything. The Lightning game is on. That's what I believe me. That's what I used to do back in high school. Um, <laughs> I used to drop everything. I probably should have focused on my fucking grades more than than hockey. Um, but no, so it, you you see it all the time how people you know just oh fighting is bad for hockey. It's not good. Well, that was the first fight I saw. All year where the linesmen actually let them go. The linesmen have been jumping in very fast, and that's kind of the next topic we're jumping into here. Um, the linesmen have jumped in very, very fast this year, and I, I brought it up. I think I brought it up a couple times on Twitter, but you notice it. These these guys are fighting, so they have so much adrenaline going, and it's within like the first 10 seconds the linesmen have jumped in. It's been crazy. Um, and I'm just waiting for and I don't mean this in a bad way, but I'm just waiting for one to catch one right on the chin. Because you want to jump in there while these guys are, st- they still got a lot of gas in the tank. I get it if they don't, if they're, you know, winded and they're really slowing down, but they're jumping in right when they're still throwing, you know, bombs. They threw it, they jumped in the other night during the Cassian, and um, Cassian fought somebody from, I think, Ottawa. Um, but they jumped in pretty quick on that, and I was like, God damn, they, they were still going pretty good. And that was actually a pretty good fight. I'll give that one, that one some credit there. Um, a lot of the fights these days, you know, most of them are a couple jersey jabs and uh, body shots, and then they go down. But the, those have, those two have probably been the best. And actually, the, the Luke Shen one from the Lightning game, I think he fought a, a guy named Oliver, which I'll have to check out his fights. A lot of guys have been saying that guy is pretty, pretty solid, and he fought Alex Gallant, I think, in the, the AHL. Um, so, uh, like, today's guys, I don't I just don't know them. So, I don't. it's no disrespect to them. I just, like I said, I don't watch. Um but those few fights, the linesmen have finally, you know, let them go a little bit longer. But it's like they still jump in pretty, pretty quick. And it's it's just, I'm not saying you have to keep going until somebody goes and gets knocked the fuck out. But holy shit, one of these linesmen are just going to, they're going to take one to the chin. Because they're just jumping in so early when these guys still have gas in the tank. And um, instead of letting them get tired out, they try to jump in there early. And uh, it's, one of them's going to take one. And... I had somebody, I you know, I mentioned that on Twitter, and somebody was, oh, is this hockey or boxing? And I, I don't know, I think he was trying to make an anti-fight statement, but I wasn't saying, it wasn't even a pro-fight statement. I was kind of just saying, let the let the guys fight, or else a linesman's going to get knocked out. And so I said, you know, if you want to see a linesman get knocked out, be my guest. But if they don't want to, they should probably stay out a little bit longer. Um, and I get it, hockey fighting is different. It, it's different than a UFC fight or boxing fight. You know, the you're working your whole body and a hockey fight, like a long hockey fight is probably like 30 to 45 seconds. Um, But it seems like they just jump in after like seven to 10 seconds. So it's been, it's been rough and they jumped in, I think even a little bit earlier with Wayne Simmons uh, and his fight with Jordy Ben, they jumped in a little too early on that one, I think, but kind of going into the topic of is fighting bad. Well, that Wayne Simmons fight, and like I said, it's the first one where the linesman let him go and actually there was actually some solid punches thrown instead of just jersey jabs and a couple body shots. Um, that got a lot of attention from 
a lot of sports media, not just hockey media. I know even for for whatever reason, TMZ covered it. Um, you know how credible TMZ is. You know, we'll leave that up to you. But it's been you know, the rapper Ice T covered again how credible Ice T is with hockey fights. I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, but it got a lot of attention, and of course, it brought up the the topic of why are they fighting in hockey? But that's that's a whole different animal. I won't really get into. Obviously, they just don't know hockey, so they don't really know the research and you know the things that go in the, the many different factors that can go into a fight but the biggest takeaway from that is look at all the attention it brought to the game now whether you like fighting or not you have you know whether you want it in the game you think it should go no matter your stance on it it always brings attraction to the game and it's the age old you know quote I've said before if you talk to anybody who kind of they know about hockey but they don't really watch it You'll ask them the same thing, and oh, do you do you like hockey? Do you watch it? Uh, you know, I, I don't like it, or you know, I'm not I'm not a big watcher of hockey, but I do like it when they fight, and it's just it's. I know it kind of sounds Neanderthal, but it's fighting sells and violence sells. That's what sells the game is hate and violence. I, I hate to break it to you, but if it's just a bunch of guys scoring, eh, it might attract people. But hatred and rivalries. It's the same reason that the Battle of Alberta, the Edmonton Calgary rivalry, was the most talked about game last year and it was the most watched video on Sportsnet when they had the goalie fight so regardless of if you think it should be in the game or not you can never you can't say it doesn't bring attraction or doesn't promote the game I'm sorry but it just does it always will no matter what you know Darren has said it before red ice sells and it's it's true and so you see the Wayne Simmons fight and like I said it's the it's finally a decent one where they actually threw punches and they let him go and that one got national attention everywhere from like different sports outlets not just hockey outlets so it's tough to say that it's not not good for the game um and I think kind of the whole CTE and head trauma argument is kind of silly at this point because these players know about this stuff now that's that's kind of where I disagree with with you know Carcillo and the way he goes about it and he'll say well these players don't know well we're in 2021 CTE is very prevalent and the knowledge is out there about it and the, yet these players still still all want fighting in the game and they still drop the gloves to this day um so say what you will about it these players know the risks at this point I think and they're still doing it so it's like Ken Campbell came up with the argument and shocker Ken Campbell came up with an argument against fighting let me pull up what he said here um and it's it's funny because no matter what what you know he's supposed to be the the senior editor or senior writer of the hockey news um and for some reason he always still is super out of touch with fighting how he can be I don't know um but he's just so ignorant with it and he even oh here's the here's another thing I was going to bring up here since this came up first um you know Ken Campbell I'm not I'm you know I won't even go back to the tweet because obviously you just know it's probably going to be something anti-fight um (laughs) basically Ken Campbell said I can't believe we still promote this and enjoy this and blah 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 about fighting well, then, literally yesterday, a quote from Jamie Benn, after he fought uh, Nikita Zadorov, he said, um, quote, I don't know, there's hockey and fighting, There's there always should be hockey and fighting, end quote. Um, and that's Jamie Benn. Jamie Benn's been in quite a few fights. He had that really, really cool one where he dropped the buckets with, um, with Joe Thornton and they went at it. Um, so, it's right from the horse's mouth there. And basically, my tweet at Ken Campbell after that was, 
well, your opinion and my opinion, even even though I'm a pro fight guy with hockey, my opinion technically doesn't matter. The, what, the only opinion that should matter are the players because they're the ones doing it. They're the ones dropping the gloves. They're the ones putting their well-being on the line. And they still do it regardless of the research that's out there, what other media outlets say, you know, what the new age fans try to say. Players still want fighting in the game, and it's there. Just like Jamie Benz said, hockey should always have fighting. And it just, it just shows how out of touch some of these reporters are, and it's the Damian Cox, the um, Scott Wheeler, the Steve Dangle, Ken Campbell. Uh, what's the other one? Oh, James Myrtle. He's, although I'm, blo- I'm blocked, so I haven't been able to see any of his uh, hot takes lately. Um, but no, it's, it's those same media outlets who preach that they know the game so well, but then they have no clue why fights happen, or they have no clue why you know this is promoted still. Well, you guys are supposed to be reporters and talking to the players, yet here you are, the most out of touch I've ever seen. This is, the, again, Ken Campbell, the senior writer at the Hockey News. Now, I don't know Ken personally. Is he, he could be a great guy, sure. But goddamn, his, it's, I don't know how you could be the senior writer at the Hockey News and be so out of touch with why fighting still happens. Do you not talk to any of the players? Like, uh, you, you provide physical evidence like this with, Player, players of yesterday's hockey and players of today's hockey, or, or excuse me, in today's hockey, like it just happened with, I think it was Drew Doughty last year. Now, how credible Drew Doughty is with the fighting, I don't know, but because he, um, he's a little bit more of a pest and, you know, runs his mouth a little bit more. But either way, he promoted fighting and said it should always be a part of the game. And when you have a star, like a star player like Drew Doughty saying it, or Jordy, or uh, Jamie Ben, excuse me, because I'm getting the Ben brothers mixed up from the damn fight with uh, Simmons. But when you got guys like that talking about it and saying how much it should mean or how much it does mean and how much it should should stay in the game, excuse me, I'm getting tongue-tied over here, um, why these these guys just can't understand that aspect of why fighting should stay in hockey, it's just, it just baffles me. And it was the same thing with what what fight? I think it was Wayne Simmons' first fight he had for the Leafs, and they came back to win the game after the fight, and people just had to go immediately shit on it when it happened. Oh, but that wasn't because of the fight. Oh, the fight that didn't that didn't do anything. And Steve Dangle had to go and make a snarky tweet, of course. Which I how Steve Dangle even has a a platform is beyond me because he's a fucking jackass. I'm sorry. Um, but no, so they want to come out and say, you know, oh, that fight did nothing. It didn't spark anything. It was fucking useless. It was the power plays. Well, then you have, I think it was Willie Nylander uh, and Joe Thornton come out and say, after that fight, that really got us going and kind of made us get our head out of our asses there. And do power plays help? Yes. But it's the same thing. It's the same concept as a power play if you really want to think about it. So you get you get some momentum from a fight and you don't score from it. Was the fight a waste? Well, if you get some momentum from a power play and don't score, is the, is the power play a waste? So, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty with that when you think of, you know, oh, they got power plays. Oh, yeah, but what really got them going? And so it's just, I, I don't know. People, people will say whatever, and the New Age fans, I just don't understand why they can't grasp it no matter how much evidence is out there. And I'm not saying, you know, Bad things can't happen from a fight. Obviously, it's a fight. People can get knocked out. You know, injuries can happen, whether it's hands, facial injuries. So I, I, I don't understand why they just can't grasp the concept, even though all the evidence is out there. Um, it's always funny to me, but that's just uh, those are kind of the topics I, I wanted to cover today. Um, you know, like I said, I, I didn't want to make this a long episode or probably get it right around 30 minutes here. 
Um, I got a couple other things to talk about. Let me go back here. Uh, oh, maybe I don't actually. But <laughs> either way, I could probably ramble on here a little bit. But um, so plans for the podcast. Um, some people may be wondering. Um, the pl- the podcast will keep going on, and like I said, I'm going to release the Johnny Hewitt episode sometime next week. Uh, like more more than likely Tuesday of next week, instead of as opposed to Thursday of this current week. Um, I still get, I still have guys interested in coming on the show and I'm going to interview them hopefully here soon. I just, I, I felt bad. I, you know, agreed to not agreed, but they reached out or I reached out and said, Oh yeah, they'd love to come on. And I just, my, my heart, like I said, wasn't in podcasting. So I didn't want to interview them kind of half assly and um, stuff like that. And it's a lot of work to go that goes into this. I don't think people realize that either. It's not just, I don't want to do just a quick Wikipedia hockey DB search, you know, especially with guys fight cards. That's, that's hard. Now Hockeyfights.com only goes so far. They pretty much only have NHL and AHL stuff and, oh, and L and H stuff, I guess. But most of like the other minor leagues, like once you start dipping into um, the United league, the SPHL, the CHL, stuff like that, excuse me, the fight card is very limited. I'm going to get a sip of water here. <clears throat> the fight card is very, very limited. So, it's uh like even on the little John interview, his fight card wasn't that full as for as far as the earlier stuff, his later stuff was on there. But um, people don't realize the research that me or Darren or uh, Joe put into this stuff. You when it's like that with the fight card, because drop your gloves is gone. And of course, that was like the Bible for hockey fights and fight cards. So with that gone, especially you can only get it with through the Wayback machine here and there sometimes. And, and a lot of the times the fight cards aren't there. So what you have to do is individually go through year by year of a guy's career. So let's say, um, I don't know, he played for fucking Thunder Bay circa whatever year in the UHL. Well, you have to go, if you want to talk about that year and you look up his fight card, well, his fight card isn't there. Well, he had, you know, X amount of penalty minutes. So, you know, he fought a lot. So you have to go through, all right, let's see who's in Thunder Bay's division that year. Let's see who was the penalty minute leaders of that year. And you have to go through and you kind of just, Oh, it's like it's like a dartboard. You're kind of throwing one. You're throwing a dart, and you're hoping to hit something with with these guys. Because then, like I said, the fight card isn't there, and there might not be footage out there. Especially if it's like you know old Thunder Bay footage. Fuck, that ain't gonna be out there. Um, although there's a couple Kevin Holiday fights, I think, with uh, Jack Gregg, who's another previous guest. I think actually rounds one and two are on online, so you can go, you can go check that out. Um, but no, so you have to go through and check. Okay, well. Maybe he fought these guys. I don't know. They're the penalty minute leaders or they were, you know, division rivals that year. So uh, maybe they they fought. And so you have to ask the guy and you don't ask him prior because it's going to be taken forever. But, you know, oh, did you fight so and so this year? Or did, what, at least what was it like playing against him, maybe. So it's just a lot of work that goes in and it, it can be time consuming. And sometimes, you you know, I get home, especially uh, after a job. Oh, well, as of late, too, that was another big reason I wasn't doing the podcast is uh, we were finishing up a job site. And, man, I was I was probably working from about 6 a.m. to mm, 730 ish most days. Um, And so days where I got off early, it was like I finally got time to breathe. And that was the last thing I felt like doing was a fucking podcast. Uh, So, you know, just being honest, but you have all this time. It's very time consuming. Sometimes looking up guys and trying to get stuff out of them. Yeah, it can be like a two-hour process just researching. Um, 
so it's it, it's time consuming and uh, that's why I'm I always try to pump the tires of the the boys whether it's Joe or uh Darren cuz a lot of work goes into this and uh, it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff and I know it it sounds like I'm kind of bitching or whining that it's oh it's a lot of research and yeah I I enjoy actually enjoy doing it yes that's for sure cuz it's it's like stepping into a time machine at times you know you see these teams and these guys that are on the roster like oh fuck like, you know especially Thunder Bay like you know, bringing that up Thunder Bay that was a tough fucking team um so it's cool, but at the same time, like I said, it's just time consuming. We got wives, and I got to talk to the wives sometime, right? Like, <laughs> I can't just kind of be a mute and, you know, eat dinner and walk away to the podcast desk all the time. But, um, yeah, so it's just it's stuff like that factors in. I don't think people kind of understand that at times. I don't mean that to say it in a bad way or like, motherfuck you but it could just be time consuming but overall it's been it's been so fun and this podcast ain't going anywhere throughout the guys i've gotten to interview whether it's you know mark mcfarlane mike degurst which by the way i picked up a mike degurst chiefs jersey recently and that was pretty sweet actually worn by mark major as well um or you know rob ray chris nyland who i've had on andre wall i've gotten to talk to some absolute fucking amazing people and some of my favorite uh tough guys of all time so it's been cool, and like I said, it, it, this podcast at the end of the day is more so for them, and that's if I if my I guess heart wasn't in it, I didn't. I feel like I was doing it like I wasn't doing it justice for the guys because then I'm kind of half-assing it. So I'd rather you know give a hundred percent or give nothing because if I'm not giving a hundred percent into it, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to them. So that's kind of the big thing. And I think we'll, we'll wrap it up here uh, pretty quick. We're almost running on 30 minutes. Ah, I've told you I can get 10 or 10 minutes of rambling. Um, <laughs> but no, so real quick before I go, please check out the podcast, uh, social media p- uh, pages. So we have Twitter, which is at the number five and then four fighting pod. You have five for fighting podcast on Instagram. So you just type it in normally five for fighting podcast. And then actually it might just be five for fighting pod. Now that I'm thinking about it. Let me just double check that. Um, and then, yeah, so it's just it's spelled out regularly, Five for Fighting Pod for Instagram. And then if you would like to follow the Instagram, or excuse me, follow the Instagram, follow the page on Facebook, all you have to do is search Five for Fighting Podcast, um, and it'll pull up right away. And last but not least, uh, for other social media, go check out the Enforcer Appreciation Group on Facebook. Um, I know I'm sure I got a lot of listeners from there and like, you know, that's where I kind of do a lot of the promoting and it was a group I created a little over a year ago now or more, eh, probably almost two years. Yeah, I think we're coming up on two years now at this point. Holy shit. Now I think about it. Um, but it's a group I created and you know, the name kind of explains it all. It's enforcer appreciation. I I wanted to make it kind of a, a fight group. There's a bunch of different ones on Facebook, but one where kind of, almost more like an old message board where people can kind of come and remember and talk about how cool the dudes were and, you know, what it was like fighting. And you've gotten some great stories out of both players and fans about whether a fan was at a game during this was like you're meeting a, a so-and-so player after the game and how cool he was and what a nice guy he was. And then you also get players in there. Um, and you have, we have a lot of different players in there, whether they're minor league guys or NHL guys like Cam Jansen's in there. Um, you know, Mike Segroy, former guest of the podcast, but he's in there. And actually recently, Darren from Fourth Line Voice, goddammit, finally made a, uh, finally got around to making a Facebook page for the podcast. So he's in the group now as well. Um, so, but basically what it is, it's kind of a group to, whether it's uh, fight photos or, um, 
you know, enforcer photos or fight videos. So, or even like any, anything pretty much enforcer related goes in there, whether it's like, I've even seen commercials, like side commercials where it's like Kelly Chase and Tony Twist doing shit for the blues, which are fucking, uh, they're fucking hilarious. So little stuff like that. Anything goes as long as it's enforcer or fight related pretty much. Um, and I, I, I'm not going to lie. That was kind of actually a big reason why I kind of got disheartened a little bit into the, in the hobby, I guess was I, the group was kind of turning into something I I never wanted it to, which was where you'd see guys kind of shitting on them. So I really kind of revamped. I won't say revamped, but I will say up security per se. Um, no, I made it. I was kind of doing it with not minimal help, but you know, guys who weren't always on all the time and um, that's not, nothing on them, but I, I made more admins and uh, more guys have gotten involved a bit. And, you know, once I kind of reached out for help and, said if anybody wants to help. So I've had a, a, quite a few people reach out and become admins and kind of help clean the group up, and I think it's been a lot better as of recently. Um, I still get the off kind of what are we talking about topics from here and there, but you know, that you're going to get that with any social media, I think, and unfortunately. But overall, I, I've had a lot of fun running the group, and I think it's in a pretty good place again. Um, like I said, it was kind of really just disheartening to see where I, the direction it was going, and that was kind of really, I guess, pissing me off about everything and seeing how kind of dumb fight fans can be, which that's a topic for a, another day. Um, as, I'm, as I'm sitting here trying to tell you to join the group, I'm kind of here <laughs> fucking ragging on it. But anyways, go join the group. It's a, it's a great group. Like I said, for every asshole, there's, you know, 500 other great people. So... Um, and if anything happens, just report it right away and me or another admin will handle it on there. Um, so go check that out. And like I said, uh, I've brought them up a couple times here, but please go check out their podcast as they do awesome work. And they've been very supportive of me, uh, while I've kind of been on my break a bit here, but that's Darren over at the fourth line voice. He just did a solo episode. Um, I forget what exactly he talked about on it because I haven't listened to it yet. It's Monday, and I, I kind of save it for days. I'm trying to dr I drive a lot is when I like to listen to my podcast. So I haven't quite um, looked into it yet, but he just had um, a, a couple guests on um, not too long ago. Who do you have? I know he had Steve from uh, When Prober Was King. That was a lot of fun hearing about Jay Miller and kind of the Chris Island rivalry, but it was more so a Jay Miller episode. And when you actually look at it, too, it made me go back and look at some Jay Miller footage. And I was like, man. That's uh, it's actually pretty sweet to see. Yeah, Jay Miller, he could fucking bang, man. So I always like hearing about the, uh, I guess, the circa 80s-ish NHL because that's my, I know the least about it. Um, You know, my wheelhouse is kind of the 90s, 2000s. But, yeah, go check out Darren over at Fourth Line Voice and Joe over at the Coliseum Chronicles. I know he just came up on his uh, 10-year anniversary of when he, um, you know, saved the or took down a guy on the subway out in New York. Um. And so he goes into detail about that in the part one and two. I think two was just released today, but, um, and Joe has a book. So go purchase that book where he talks about that, that incident. Um, you know, Joe Lazito, just look him up, wrote, just do a quick search and you'll be able to find him on anything. But he, he is an Islanders focused podcast. Um, Darren was the original enforcer podcast and, you know, he's kind of helped me along here doing this and, um, Joe is a Islander specific podcast, uh, not, you know, current hockey, all Islanders enforcers. So any tough guy or enforcer that has been in the Islanders uh, system, whether it's, a, you know, the minor leagues or the actual Islanders, like he's had Aaron Asham on, Eric Bolton, um, guys like that. And, you know, Darren's had Steve McIntyre, John Morasti, um, Dan Kopech, Max Middendorf, you know, uh, so 
all these guys, their catalogs are fucking stacked. So I encourage you to please, please go and listen to their shows. Um, rate and review, uh, not only mine, but theirs as well. It really helps our podcast grow. And the more reviews it has, the more likely it is to come up when people search hockey podcast. Or if, let's say if somebody had no clue a hockey fight podcast existed, type in hockey fight and our podcast are more likely to come up with the more reviews they have. So um, anyways, guys, we'll leave it at that. Thank you for kind of sticking it out, and I appreciate it. And I apologize if, you know, I was fucking people's podcast uh, rotations up here by not coming out with any episodes. But I'm, I'm glad to say the podcast is back and um, I think I'm in a much better place now. So um, I appreciate everybody who's kind of stuck with me here. And hopefully you guys are excited for some content. Like I said, look out next week for the episode with John Hewitt. That'll be episode number 44. But until then, thank you guys for listening and have a good one. You got- Fight for your right!